Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I hate to say this, but I've had sex with obviously hundreds and hundreds of women. I yeah, mean, I would imagine. I, mean, I, I did a sex club for six full years. I was in Moscow and New York, London, and all over the world. I was throwing sex parties and they were pretty incredible. So like I've had my share of, of sexual experiences. Plus I've explored BDSM. I've explored stuff that's pretty dark. I've done things that most people probably wouldn't even want to like go to. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need a welcome. To almost adulting. Almost adulting. Almost adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to another beautiful, amazing podcast episode on almost adulting with me, your bestie, your host, and your big sister, Violet Benson. Before we get started with today's episode, I have a huge announcement. My second show is launching tonight on Spotify Live with Spotify. It's called Hey Besties. So make sure to tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Spotify or download the Spotify live app if you want to interact with me during the episode. I will even bring some of you on stage with me. You can ask me questions. We'll be talking about everything pop culture tonight and then we'll dive into our own relationship and life issues. So make sure to download Spotify Live and tune in to my show at 7 p.m. Pacific time, okay? All right, let's dive in. I hope everyone's having an amazing week, but as amazing as your week may be going, I am positive it does not top mine because this week I found out, drum roll, (laughs) I got HPV. (laughs) Yeah, which is amazing if you really think about it because... Nothing quite reminds you of your early 20s, like contracting HPV in your early 30s. I think I'm taking the 30s or the new 20s thing to heart a little too much. Yeah. Not only did I get HPV this week, first of all, when your gyno calls you, I swear to God, just text me. The way they leave voicemails, it's always so hilarious. They just, the way she called me, she's like, hey, hey, Violetta, um... So I got your test results back. (sighs) Yeah, we need to talk. So I did send a prescription for you to the pharmacy. (sighs) Give me a call when you get this. I literally was like, oh my God, no way. I I have chlamydia. I have gonorrhea. Why is there a prescription? Don't worry, because I also had a yeast infection from the UTI. (laughs) So then I call her and I'm like, oh my God, is everything okay? Why do I need a prescription? She's like, you have a yeast infection. I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. And she goes, but also HPV. And I was like, okay, can you remind me how I can contract HPV? And she goes, unprotected sex. And I was like, right, that rings a bell. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I'm being really childish. I just can't get over the fact that the last time I experienced getting HPV, which is, by the way, very common if you haven't gotten HPV, It's kind of like Ali Wong said, the comedian, if you've never had HPV, then you go out there and you go get it because it's a joke because it's actually very, very, very common for people to get 
HPV. This is actually my second time getting it. The first time I had it was around 10 years ago when that's how I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me. Well, because he was always cheating on me. <laughs> so that was the first clue. But then we broke up for quite some time. And then when we got back together, I said, promise you're not going to cheat on me anymore. And he was like, yeah, promise. And I was like, okay. So we got tested. We both didn't have anything. And then six months into it, I went to my gyno for a checkup and I found out I got HPV. And that's how I knew my ex was cheating on me yet again. So I left him for good because for me, unfortunately, my HPV did not clean itself out because a lot of times for most people, for men, it's untrackable, untraceable. You can't find out if you have it. For women, you can. Normally, your vagina cleans itself out and it kind of goes away on its own. Sometimes it doesn't. For me, it didn't go away after six months and I had the issue with the cervical cancer HPV. So then they had to snip something inside of there, which is actually quite painful. Literally dig into it, into your cervix to go all the way up there and then to snip something from your cervix. It's not fun. And then eventually went away. Thank God. I never thought <laughs> I would have to remember what that was like until now. I'm not mad or anything because obviously, like I said, it takes two people to have sex and men don't know when they're carrying it but it is funny when they pretend like they haven't slept with anyone for forever and you're like okay well <laughs> my vagina says you're lying but on top of all of that let me just say I've slept with one man this year and I've only kissed one man this year the guy I slept with and it's just funny to me that from all the men out there I said nope that one I want that one and the one I picked gave me HPV. So not only did he not make me come, and we don't even speak anymore because we can't stand each other, but he also gave me HPV. It's like the gift that keeps on coming, or in my case, not coming at all. Like if you're gonna give me an STI, at least pair with an orgasm. You scratch my back, I scratch yours, right? Instead, I'm here stuck scratching my vagina because the HPV came with a yeast infection, but it's cool because I got the cream, I actually have to go pick it up. But don't fret, you guys. I'll be fine. I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. And hopefully in six months from now, it will go away on its own. So I'm not going to stress myself out because it's literally nothing I can do. I did let the guy know that he left me with a little president in the US inside my vagina. And he was all paranoid and, and stuff like that. And he just kept apologizing. And then it somehow turned out to me making him feel better about giving me HPV and telling him it's going to be okay and he's going to be okay, which is just what it's like to date men these days. <laughs> so anyway, before I move on, I do want to give you some facts about HPV since now that I've contracted it again. Welcome to my R20s. For those who don't know, HPV is the most commonly contracted SDI. So if you recently have experienced it, do not be upset. You're not alone. And like I said, it's an SDI, not an STD. And it has more than 14 million new infections in the U.S. every year. 80% of sexually active men and women will be infected in their lifetime. Even if you're an idiot like me that doesn't have sex, then when you finally decide to have sex, boom, HPV. Which is also funny because last year, I wasn't talking to anyone. Then the one boy I chose to like, we made out and he gave me COVID. So I will say my luck with men is not great, okay? As common as HPV is, it is still something to take seriously because it is the main cause of cervical cancer. I would know I that was a problem for me 10 years ago. Usually there are no symptoms, especially for men, and if treated, the virus will clear, but there's no real quote-unquote cure. 
So like I said, usually when they tell you of HPV for a woman, you just have to wait it out for six months and then hopefully it goes away. If it doesn't, then you have other treatments. As for men, I'm not really sure what the how they can get rid of it, but all I know is that they're carriers and if he continues sleeping with other women, which I'm sure he did since me, he gave all of them HPV. So shout out to all my HPV sisters. <laughs> Let's move on to talking about other people's lives because if I talk about my own anymore, I will have no content left for my therapist. So this week in pop culture, I said, let's just focus on one little, one main thing, especially because I have a new show coming out tonight on Spotify called Hey Besties, where I talk and dissect pop culture and the therapist, mental health and advice, dating advice behind it. So actually tune in tonight on Spotify to my show called Hey Besties at 7 p.m. All right, moving on. So today we are going to talk about no one other than Kim Kardashian. So in a recent episode of the Kardashians new show on Hulu, Kim finally talks about how her and Pete Davidson's love story came to be because we were all obviously dying to know. But I actually do think half of America was dying to know. So she gives details about the meeting on the set of SNL and mentions that a few days after filming, she reached out to one of the producers asking for Pete's number. She said she had no intention of finding another relationship so quickly, but that she heard about his BDE, aka Big Dick Energy, and was basically just DTF. Yeah, she literally said this. <laughs> And she just wanted to go and get back out there. So basically, Kim heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that that dick was a 10 out of 10, literally though. But I wanted to talk about this because since it is hookup month here on Almost Adulting, can you imagine a better story? I think it's inspiring, to be honest, and I'm not even kidding. Imagine going through such a public breakup with a Gemini. <laughs> just kidding. Shout out to my Gemini birthday kids and dealing with all that bs that comes from that and then having the strength to be like nope i am done being sad about this shit i'm done being humiliated so i'm just gonna go out there and find myself some new penis because as everyone knows good d will imprison you so i love that for her and for it to be someone like pete there's no way no way any of us thought that that's the type of guy that she would go for but i don't know I kid you not, at this point, that man has grown on me and probably on every other woman in America, to say the least. Community dick or not, I am DTF for him. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But no, I love this for her. And honestly, for any woman that's coming out of bad marriage or bad relationship, I also think it's a great message for all of us women out there because Kim is a hot commodity and still she went out of her way and took it upon herself to reach out to him to secure that dick. So take notes, ladies. Never be too prideful because if Kim is out there dick hunting, then there's no reason that we shouldn't go out there and get what we want. So I don't care if you're recently divorced, have four kids like him. If you want to get back on the dating hookup scene, you just go for it. And it's also a good reminder to just get out of your comfort zone sometimes. We're so used to just sticking with what we're comfortable with. It's time to try something new, ladies, like a man with tattoos and a big dick. You just never know what could happen. He may end up being your new boo. And also, I just realized the other day that this woman is constantly the topic of conversation for 12 plus years. I don't know if that's a Libra thing or what, but let's move on and let's get started with my amazing yes today. It is all about sex, 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 and all about the secret sex society that Hollywood has had for years that none of us ever knew about. Enjoy, besties. 
Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Almost Adulting with me, your host, Viola Benson. So today's guest has been making headlines since 2013 because of his erotic and lavish parties for the 1% and his highly exclusive and expensive club, Sanctum, which he recently sold to a group called Circle. Memberships start at around $12,000 and go up to around a million a year. And he also has an upcoming exclusive podcast deal with iHeartRadio. And I have the founder, Damon Lawner, here to tell us about his life and what this exclusive members only club was and kind of behind the scenes. So in your own words, what is Sanctum? I mean, for me, it was a kind of a learning experience. It was an escape from, not, a, I mean, that's escape is a extreme word, but I was in a 20 year monogamous relationship and married and, and I had, I mean, an absolutely beautiful wife. She's my best friend now, thank God, and two kids with her, but it was 20 years and I really believed in the white picket fence and all of that stuff. And I, I believed in monogamy and I thought that was the way to go. At some point I started asking myself like, um, what do I like sexually? And I just didn't know. I hadn't explored much and I wanted to find out. And I really started Sanctum for myself with that in mind. I wanted a place to explore sexuality and see what kinds of stuff was out there. And it turned out a lot of my friends and other people really were kind of into that idea, a place where you could just go that was high end, you know, like we are in tuxedos and girls are in lingerie or dresses and such. But yeah, a place where you could go and like talk to people and also just fuck if you want, like make love, have sex. And all the stigma was out of it. So you'd be in a room full of a hundred people. Everyone selected. It's like an application process yeah. and all that. So it's very attractive, successful people. And you're kind of like in this room where everyone's down to explore sexuality. Were you in your marriage when you started exploring that? I was, that? yeah, I was. Was your wife exploring that with you? Um, we didn't. I mean, it's such well, a funny story. That's why she's your ex-wife. That's Well, that's Hello. part of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was the one that was afraid to open up the marriage. I just felt like I either want to like not be in it or be in it. She was had an easier time than I did of the idea of like being with other people. Oh, honestly. Okay. Yeah. And, and, the, and we did it one time and I was just like, I can't fucking deal with this. And it's pretty insane to say that, but... I didn't want to watch her be around her when she was fucking other people. I couldn't deal with it. Got it. You could have yeah. orgies with other people, just yeah. not with her. Because you don't not, want her. Not with my wife. She was just <laughs> my That's princess for, for 20 years. So I just couldn't do it. I have to be honest. Yeah. That, yeah. Makes, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people think like that. Sometimes, especially if they have like an idea of their partner. Because a lot of times if people quote unquote cheat, right. it's because they don't feel comfortable being their true self with mm -hmm. their partner for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I later found out that you can have everything. You can have a much more open and honest discourse about what you're into, what you like. You can find people that like the same things. And then you can, you know, whether it's monogamy or non-monogamy, you can at least get into something that's really like honest and true to you, which is a great thing to find. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So before we dive into exactly what the sex club was about and how yeah. it started, why don't you take me back to the beginning? What would you say some of your first experiences with sex? I mean, if I'm completely honest and I don't know that I should be, but you know, sex started for me at a very young age, like too young. Like I was six years old. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, really like not normal. My dad was in the Grateful Dead. My mom was this hippie, like fucking actually 
like genius 180 IQ, but fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the most insane environment. There was a lot of sexuality, a lot of drug use, a lot of stuff. And my sister and I were like ghosts floating around. Our parents didn't even like pay attention really. It was, it was intense. So I was exposed to things really young and it shaped me, you know, it, it affected me. It's taken a lot of therapy to be like, okay, actually. What did you say your dad? He wasn't a grateful dad. I mean, he, he was, he's a musician. So he's a classically trained violinist and um, he would play in the Grateful Dead. They were neighbors of ours, yeah. Grateful Dead is a band. Oh, you don't know what the Grateful Dead is? I'm not from America. So I, there's oh, so many things I don't God. know. That's why I was just like, wait, That's what is so that? That's so great. Yeah, so <laughs> the Grateful Dead in the 19, late 60s, early 70s was one of the biggest bands in the world. And, the, and they, oh. they did, um, they built this thing called the Wall of Sound, which was this massive sound space speaker sound stages is in the 70s and then everyone was on lsd so you yeah. have 70 80 100 000 people in stadiums and 90 percent of them were, were tripping on acid and the guy who made that acid was our next door neighbor okay. where i grew up got it i was heavily inundated in this other kind of culture growing up you know that in, makes in the sense. late 70s yeah so you were exposed to sex and things like that yes. when you were a really young age yes. around and then, and then later on, like like at the normal age of having sex, I was probably like, the first time I had sex was probably, you know, maybe 18, 17 or 18. And that you was know, the first time you had sex? I think so, yeah, yeah. So but, you were exposed to sex all throughout since no, no, you were just, young? No, no, just like when I was super young. But then you didn't actually have sex until you were 17 or 18? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, I can't believe I was even that same person now. You know, when you're in, when you're that young, you just don't know a damn thing yeah. about your sexuality, especially as a as a boy or as a young man. I mean, I wish I could go back to him and and like really. I wish I could teach him what I know now. What a fucking trip! What a different life that would be. Do you, you know? have a like a sexuality that you identify with, or just? Any- I mean, I'm I'm definitely straight, but I'm definitely very open to everyone's whatever the fuck they want. Nothing like freaks me out or embarrasses me. Like I don't, not necessarily turned off or turned on by by watching other people have sex, but I've seen a lot of people do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm very, very open, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm also very much um, into women. We'll dive into it, but yeah. you were saying how passionate you are about sex and not being an act. It's something of a spiritual awakening. So yeah. be, as you were talking about, it kind of made me feel that then you don't really look at people as gender or their privates. It's kind of like I mean, something much bigger than that. That's a beautiful way to look at it. But actually, no, I mean, I've found that through like sexuality and that means having sex, you know, and really doing it. In, in the right way, I think, you can really get, get to different places. But I wouldn't want to do that with a man because my, my orientation is just towards women, yeah. Yeah, that but, makes sense. But I can be, I mean, I can be very close to a man and be loving with a man and all of that. Yeah, yeah. But not sexual. Do you think because of your brain being exposed to sex at such a young age is kind of why you started to dive into and explore your infatuation with erotica and creating this club? That's a great question and I think for sure. Sanctum also was this thing where I created this playground to live out everything, past trauma to the fantasies that I thought could be possible and then ones that I didn't even know existed, you know? So like building Sanctum was a place for me to heal and also like lose my mind at the same time. Yeah, there was a lot of both, a lot of both. I think I had to sell it. When I sold it, I really needed to sell it. 
I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid anymore and I had to get the fuck out of there. What does know? that mean? I didn't believe in it anymore. I was so anti-monogamy and I thought pe monogamous people were literally crazy. When you first created it? When I was doing it, yeah. I thought, I thought anyone who, who wanted monogamy, was there was something wrong with their heads. Got it. Like, why would you want one sexual partner? Like, that made no fucking sense to me when I was doing Sanctum, once I got out of my marriage and I was doing that. And then something changed for me where I realized that there was, um, there was an intimacy that I was missing. There was mm -hmm. like, when you commit to someone and you really give only them your body and only them all of you, it creates this, this thing that, that I didn't realize was so important until I like really let it go. And it really is a very special thing. So yeah, like I, I actually believe in monogamy again, which again. is so fucking weird. So you seem like you're very passionate. Like you always so put all your energy into one thing, one belief, then another. Wait, what's your sign? Sagittarius. Sagittarius? Right on the cusp of Scorpio. Okay. Like right there. It's actually the story that my mom told me is she held me in. The 22nd is a Scorpio. And the 23rd is a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. She told me she held me in until 12.01 a.m. She did not want to meet a Scorpio. And then like literally gave birth to me right Because she away. didn't want you to be a Scorpio? Yeah. So I think that might that might be part of the mental problems. Well, that I don't know. I heard the Scorpios are like really cool, but like that's just what a I heard. A little crazy though, I think. I don't are know. they? I think I've heard they're very like sexually deviant, but that's just what, that's what I've heard. I do not know. I've heard that the Sag is very loyal. No, I don't know. What do you, you tell me because I'm not much on astrology. I don't know. Scorpios are really loyal. Okay. As a Scorpio, I will tell oh, are you. Are you a Scorpio? <laughs> yeah. Scorpio. Oh, no wonder you've got a little really attitude loyal. about Scorpios. <laughs> They're the best. Do you find yourself to be like a very sexual person? Do you yeah, like but it's with my specific partner. Sure. I'm very sexual yeah. and I like can't date people who are not into sex as much as me. I feel like with my all my last partners, I've always been the one that's been more into sex, uh -huh. like a wanting and more. But maybe as I get older, maybe I'll want it less. I don't know. And I'm always really open to a lot of things. Right. So... I wouldn't be able to date someone that sex wasn't a priority for them. Right. Like that would be really hard for me and, and I would start thinking of cheating on them. That's I've great. never cheated, yeah. but that's why I won't even get in a relationship with someone right. if like sex is not a priority for them. And do you have that partner now? No, right okay. now I'm single. Oh, wow. But you know that you want that in somebody. Yeah, yeah. I know that I also fall in love really easily specifically through sex uh -huh. it's an accidental thing uh -huh. so that is why i also don't have sex with strangers right. i only like i kind of wait to have sex with someone i'm dating you're actually sexually like evolved as a person i didn't peg you for someone who was that kind of open sexually who was diving into that for themselves but i can hear that you are i can hear that you actually that sex is really important to you and 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 you fall in love through sexuality. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, cuz I think that's good, what people mix, get mixed up cuz they're like wait, you like sex but you don't you never like you never have one night stands and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, cuz you cuz I'm more into monogamy. Right. I know that I'm possessive and I don't want to share and I also don't see the point. But you don't have one night stands. It tells me that you actually are no. into sex more. That, yeah. That, that, because well, cuz I need because the it's too important to you. Yeah. You yeah. want intimacy. Yeah. You're, you're probably having good sex. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who aren't for those right. exact reasons because they're just like fucking whoever because it just seems like that's what everyone's doing. You know, Well, maybe to them it feels good. Like, I don't know. I it feels good. Sex always feels good. But it's not, it's not like that really intense love, like fucking really making love feeling. It's not that. I don't know. I watched some porn where yeah. they have like really intense love feeling and yeah. watching that porn made me realize like, oh... So anyone can fake it. So maybe I wasn't into these other people where I slept with them because like in the porn, it looks like the same experience. I'm like, oh, okay, so. 
I don't know about the porn specifically. I know that when you choose your partner, they should be able to fuck the shit out of you yeah. and like really really do what you like right you know like mm -hmm. if it if you like certain things they should be into those things so that they can give you what you need Sorry. but you add love to that and real depth of you know then you've got this great combination it's not just like making love it's not like that it's like oh let's just make love it's like it's like having all of the other stuff i mean it should look well, it whatever. should look like you're on a porn set when you're fucking shouldn't it not always. I think I think everyone also has different style. Like some people like to like fuck the shit out of someone. Yeah. Some people like to make love. Well, like, isn't it a symphony of that? I mean, in any time you're having sex, I think it should be you should be doing both. There should be moments when you're fucking someone into like a dream world and also moments when you're very gentle and touching them and kissing them and loving them. It should be all of that within any sexual like session, I think. I, I don't know. I don't have sex anymore. <laughs> I just don't know. You don't have sex anymore. <laughs> I feel like I can't even discuss. I'm, I don't know. When's the last time you had sex? Um, I had sex in April. You had sex in April. Okay. That's not that long ago. It feels like forever ago. <laughs> so. Yeah. How was that sex? Did it feel connected? Yeah. It did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you orgasm? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. A lot of girls, a lot of girls actually like, you know, don't orgasm through sex and they think that it's because they don't work right or something, but they actually, a lot of them, most of them can orgasm through sex if it's more intimate and, and more like they feel safer. You know, I found that. Um, really. Actually, research shows that only 20% of women are able to orgasm through their hole during sex. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I know the I know the numbers and I hear that, but I've also been with women who have, they're 25 and they've never had an orgasm through intercourse, and they and they start having orgasms when the sex is super intimate. That's been my experience. I could be wrong, but because of that experience, I just feel like those numbers are incorrect. I feel like a lot of people are having really shitty sex. It's like sex for five, ten minutes. They're just getting fucked. They're not really in positions where they feel really safe and loved. And they're just, you know, and they're like, oh, I just can't have an orgasm. It's like, well, we'll like be with someone who fucking values you and respects you and wants to really fucking make you come. He'll, you'll probably get there, you know? I mean, that's, that's my thought, and I could be wrong. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And there's a lot of other ways for women to orgasm through sex. Sure. It's an, a body anatomy. Like not ever, like the the reason maybe a woman suddenly does orgasm through intercourse is because suddenly she was placed in a certain right. way and it finally hit her G-spot. Right. And that's like the squirting part. Right. Or like right. if they're having, because I have friends who are like, oh my God, I love having anal and I'm always coming through anal. And then I did research on it and I talked to some experts and like, no, women don't actually come from anal. It's because the penis, when it goes inside the anus, it hits the G spot mm -hmm. inside the vagina. And that's how the girl's actually orgasming. Yeah, you're very right. And, and in fact, even, even more so, like we just don't know, like everyone is so different, their anatomy. 
And I think what does happen sometimes is like the right size dick and the right size pussy with the with the angle and where the G spot is and all that. They they just come together. Mm-hmm. And like when those two people come together physically, they have great sex. They could hate each other. They don't even have to like each other. And that sex can be like some of the best sex. Yeah, like I always say that I'm really into girth and it's probably because I have a white sub vagina. <laughs> Are you genuinely into girth? Or is that yeah, a joke? Yeah, I am. No, That's I am. cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you so, like to, that feeling of being filled up probably makes you feel really like good, you know? I, everyone's so different. Yeah. Yeah. So this porn star to me one time, she was talking about, a, like, I was asking her about the size of the dick that she likes, you know, like, what are you into? And she was like, you know, it's like a glass, it's like Cinderella's glass slipper, like the foot just fits in perfect and you never know who's, who's it's going to be. But when it does, you know, it's a perfect fit. And I've always Actually, thought of that. Actually, she's right. Yeah. That I've is so true. That. Isn't it true? Yeah. I've been like some of my exes in the past. I feel like it wasn't like the biggest or any, it right. wasn't anything special. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, he has like the perfect penis. For just you. like perfect like yeah it just yeah, fits yeah so I, I get what you're saying and when you find those people it's hard to give them up you're like you know you kind of fall in love with those people a little i do you know that's you why do. i don't have sex anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you got to find that and you got to find everything right for me i'm learning now how to find intimacy because for me i was as i got older and after not being with my ex anymore we were together for so many years yeah we were exclusive on my end oh, i wasn't right. aware <laughs> oh god that he didn't sign up for the same thing he was just he was sleeping with me other people i just i i just didn't know because he was cheating on me so but anyway i was monogamous for so many years but then afterwards like recently when i had new partners i think for me personally i was accidentally rushing into the sex Mm -mm. because i just wanted to get to the intimacy without getting to know the person so now i'm working doing the opposite where i actually want to get to know people before i sleep with them right and because i think that can make for me the sex sweeter but of course everyone's different it is but i think that you're on the right track i think that that it's only going to make it better it's yeah. not going to make it worse and you know and you'll get to know someone a little bit and you realize maybe the guy's not even right for you you know or maybe he is but i think taking that extra time even though it is extra time it's only going to make it better yeah you i know? mean the so. last guy i slept with is because i was so bored <laughs> having like, and then in my fuck. brain i was just like fuck well he's already in my house and we're <laughs> talking for a minute like yeah. i'm like should we I'm like, do you want to go downstairs? You're like, what? And so, it was, and it was because he bored me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was probably not the route to go. Like, I shouldn't have slept with him because he was so boring. <laughs> right. Just so I can create false intimacy. I totally get that though. And then yeah. I liked him for like much longer than I should right. have. But if I didn't sleep with him, I would have remembered like, oh yeah, he's really fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't actually want to date him. Sometimes it's better to wait. You said that you have two kids with your yeah. ex-wife. Yeah. Wait, what's what's your what's your ex-wife's zodiac sign? January 10th. What is she? Aquarius? Capricorn. Capricorn? Yeah. Okay. How old are your kids? Uh, 14 and 16 and two girls. Are you ever planning on letting them know about your world? They and your prof- know. Okay. They know everything. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, when Sanctum was really, you know, at the height of what it was around 2017, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was just everywhere. And it was they were on TikTok, my kids. They did a feature on on me and in Esquire magazine and for some reason blasted it out on that. So all their friends knew all the because they showed a picture of me. And that's how your kids found out. Yeah, that's how they found out. So they were like 12 and 14 or something. It was like fucked up. Maybe they were a little younger than that. 
it was not how I wanted them to learn. But, you know, the cat was out of the bag. So then I had to really talk to them about all of it. Do you feel like then accidentally how you were exposed at a young age to sex or that accidentally a pattern? I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's it's very different because because, you know, for me, it was like like people fucking around me or like yeah. touching me you know for them it was like finding out their, On an, a, yeah, an their dad did this thing and you know i i think in a way like it was a lot for a second and i think they kind of like had a feeling you know they knew i was in nightlife they knew i did parties they knew all of that they just didn't know that there was like sex at the parties and and mm-hmm. i don't think at that age they really even understood what it was but it was more that parents are like wanting to know you know but they all knew me so well yeah some of the parents were members of my club you know so like they didn't mind but some of the other ones i don't know it's just a weird thing i mean sexuality no matter how no matter how straight up good of a person i am and and no matter how safe like like people are super safe around me because i i mean i they just are you know i've always been a very like a protector of girls and all of them women and I've got that in me, right? But like, no matter how much you are that person, if you're doing a sex club, yeah. you're like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Like, wh- are, you know, are they like Illuminati? Are they, are they like, you know, it's all this crazy shit comes into people's heads. But I was none of those things. But I was doing, I was doing a sex club. Yeah, and I didn't want my kids to find out about it. That would have been a one hell of career day at school. Yeah. So I'm I, assuming they never asked you to do that. Well, no, I mean, when I would have to go into school and say anything about myself, I just say I do, I do events. I would just leave out the part, or I'd even say I have a, a, a members club. If I, that, if you were still the owner of that club and your daughters decided they wanted to become members, would you ever no. agree? Okay. No, and I promised them that I would sell, I promised my, my eldest daughter that I would sell it when she got into high school. So at 14, I sold Sanctum that, that same year, right before she entered high school. So it was because you finally decided that you do believe in monogamy and because you've made a promise to your daughter. Yeah, that. And also I met someone also, you know, that was just so like, she blew my mind so much and she like convinced me. At first it was convincing because I did not, I was not interested in it. I was not wanting to go back to Into that. Into monogamy. Yeah. Yeah. But over time she actually really fucking taught, I mean, and she's gone through a lot with me because I was not ready. Are you, guys, are you guys still together now? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're on our own paths right now. So I guess in, at the moment I'm with nobody and she's with nobody, but our paths are going to converge again. Yeah, soon. Are you waiting for a specific day to converge again? I think it's happening in the next couple of days, actually. Yeah. I needed to do some things just on my own. Oh, got it. So you're planning on reaching out in a couple of days. No, no. We're talking. We talk every day. Okay. We just haven't seen each other physically. Oh. We haven't seen each other physically. I've done a lot of healing. So yeah, Yeah. you know, I've been a handful. Let's just say that. I've been a challenging person to be with. And I've come, I've come back to a place where I want, I want what I have. And so, yeah. So I, I just needed to like chill for a second. I have actually, I've, I was doing some phases of celibacy. I did 60 days, like maybe a couple months ago. Some people are celibate like that, not even by choice. I know. I, I can't <laughs> 60 imagine 60 days that. is not that long. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I have like, <laughs> I have crazy access. You yeah know? and at my age and who i am i don't know i'm very lucky that i that i do have like that but i don't want it anymore like i don't want it yeah maybe that's that's probably why i have a lot of it i think when you, you don't, don't want, want it yeah when you're not like going for it i 100 percent agree with you whether it's sex and other things i feel like when you want something and you really badly i don't know what it is it's like the universe can smell how 
desperate you are for it it's always even with me when i really want something really badly and then i'm like fuck it you know what i'm over i don't even care to get this then suddenly the opportunities come my way yeah whatever that energy is in 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 the universe whatever you want to call it like it doesn't like desperation it doesn't it doesn't like that it's so weird desperation seems to come so much from ego and some like like not good part of ourselves if we're like being kind of loving or as loving as we can be and just open and cool lots of good stuff i find kind of starts to happen when you really want something really bad i think the reason the universe doesn't reward you for that or bring you what you want is because you're not paying attention to all the good things that are happening around you right so and i feel like when you finally stop and you're just thankful let's say you may not have the partner that you want but you have so many other people who love you and they're around you so then when you realize for a second like wow all these people do like around me already love me like here i am like searching for someone else to love me when everyone's right here and when you're thankful for that and then you feel love inside your heart then you you project that onto the universe and Mm -hmm. then that's when more love comes into your life absolutely and you'll find someone on your level absolutely yeah Yeah. and i have a feeling you're probably like a good catch for somebody because you're you're like a smart person and you're doing your own thing you're obviously a sexual person and you're gonna like kind of get into stuff with someone with your person I think... Uh, Do you think you're more open now than you used to be? Sexually or just, just as a human being. You seem like really... You seem to be opening up as a person. I don't know if that's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> 100% I yeah. agree with you. Based on how I was raised, I wasn't open... There wasn't enough uh, emotional connections and things uh-huh. like that growing up. So when I became older, that became kind of my obsession of better understanding everything uh-huh. emotionally and all that. So I feel like when it comes to developing relationship with, with other people, I was a late bloomer. Uh-huh. Even with my own relationship, even though I had a boyfriend for like seven, eight years, uh-huh. I wouldn't count it because he was never my best friend. Like I never had a partner that was my best friend. Only when I got older uh-huh. that I started learning. Like he was a guy I was having sex with, but we were exclusive on my end. And we would talk sometimes, but I never connected with him. I never told him anything. So as I got older, I was like, okay, so you can have sex with someone and a best friend. Okay, it's better to actually have like a best friend. And from that, you develop other things with like, and it sucks because I only learned this much later on in my life versus understanding that my 20s, but it is what it is. Like everyone has different journeys, but I like I like the person I'm slowly becoming. Like I'm really fond of her. I really I like her a lot. I even see a change in myself, just how open I am as a person from two years ago to even now, where I'm so much more going. Like before, I was kind of sometimes closed off. It was, it was really hard for me to open up to new people, uh-huh. so I wouldn't come off as friendly when people met me. Uh-huh. And now I feel like I just, every time I see some of my friends and afterwards I get feedback and they'd be like, oh my God, my friends loved you. They feel like you're just like, you're this light and you're so fine and you're so nice. And it's like, you know, it's, it's heartwarming. That's fantastic. But I do think for each person it's their own journey and it takes time for them to, to get there. Sure. Like no one can tell them to change. Like, I don't even know when that transition happened. It just mm, happened within me, but I think mm -hmm. it has to do with how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. I think two years ago, if I was more closed off, I probably maybe loved myself a little less. or I was in a dark place mentally. Mm -hmm. And I think now I'm more open because I love myself enough and I want to give more love to the universe. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's like for like 20 year old girls now having sex out there? Like what? what, Sad. (laughs) Do you you think it is? Because I do too. And I'm, and I'm curious if like, I'm curious if it really is. I, I feel like the the twenty year old girls and the twenty year old guys are are like they're not giving each other experiences that they could, you know. And it's and it's sad because sex can be so fucking amazing. Well, I think so they connecting. think they're having an amazing sex. So I don't think they know if 
the sex is do not they good. think so i don't yeah, know i think so yeah i, I mean when i was some, yeah. when i was in high school and college well i guess i started having sex in college but like when i was in college or in my early 20s like it was just you know you make out you give the guy head and then you have sex like i didn't know there was anything else <laughs> in between there but now i think the culture is changing because yeah. now like a lot of guys like love going down girls uh -huh. that wasn't the thing before. that's good yeah 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 or like people are really obsessed with making girls square for whatever reason even yeah because it's like guys now think that they're god when they make a girl square when in reality anyone can make that girl score because they're just tapping on something nonstop. But they think they like hit the the jackpot and now they don't have to go down a girl because they can just tap on something right. and then something comes out of there. Right, and any kind of like ego feeding sexuality just becomes silly. Like that's yeah. actually not connection. That's just like, yeah, trying to show you're a God or some shit, but you're really, yeah, that doesn't really make you a God. Like there's so much else that goes into it. So speaking of that, yeah. I remember in our text, you were saying for you, sex is akin to religion and the uh -huh. closest we can get to God is in union with each other sexually if shared in the right way. Like, what do you mean by the right way? Did I text that to you? I think. That's quite a text. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> the journey to that point for me is going to be different than for anybody else, right? But But the journey to that point for me was really connecting with someone and giving my full self to that person and making them feel super safe and learning about their sexuality and my own being super open about both of our kind of kinks and what we're into sexually and then letting each other just fucking go there and so when i'm having sex with my partner now it's some twisted you know fucked up fun sick shit you know and also incredibly loving and incredibly endearing but mm -hmm. it's all over the place you know we'd probably make an extremely good porno if we wanted to film it you mm -hmm. know but i'm so close to her you know i'm and so i'm feel, so aware of her you feel the closeness through the sex through the sex and i've never been transported to like any higher place in my life i mean look i've had sex with I hate to say this, but I've had sex with obviously hundreds and hundreds of women. I yeah, mean, I would imagine. I, mean, I, I did a sex club for six full years. I was in Moscow and New York, London, and all over the world. I was throwing sex parties and they were pretty incredible. So like, I've had my share of, of sexual experiences. Plus I've explored BDSM. I've explored stuff that's pretty dark. I've done things that most people probably wouldn't even want to like go to, you know, but I really wanted to see what it all was. And as long as it was all consensual, I was good with it. As yeah. long as it was fully consensual, I was like, okay, I will try that or I will do that. I encountered some people who are pretty fucking twisted, you know, so I went there with them. So what I'm saying is that through all of that, I can actually say with some like, truth or some experience that what i'm feeling now it's beyond all of it and the like the orgasms that i have now for as a man are just like i mean i'm i'm fucking gone you know i'm coming yeah. like hard like it's insanity no really <laughs> yeah. i'm coming like a i'm coming like i watch her come i'm coming like a female can come See, well women can have multiple orgasms not non-stop and that is so cool <laughs> Yes, it is very cool. I mean, no, I don't know if you know how cool it is as a woman. Like, I do know how cool I it is. I think it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. We're on and the same page on I that. I want to do that. I want to feel that, and I never will. But to watch a woman mm -hmm. have all of those orgasms and then, and then like really just encourage her to keep having them. Right. Like past the point where she really thinks that she can anymore. Like, because you can really have them. They can go on for like a while. I don't know. Me personally, I don't, I think most women are not into going for a long time. Well, I don't know. It depends on the woman. Yeah. yeah. What is a long time? An hour. 
I'm actually not one of these guys that likes to fuck for like three to six hours, but <laughs> but there are guys that do, and there are girls that swear like they love it. There's no question about it. I mean, if I'm your lover, then I'm watching you. I'm gonna know when you're when you're done because you all. Yeah, I'll tell I you. orgasm twice. I go to sleep. <laughs> so you're kind of like a man in that respect. Because yeah. they say that about men a lot that like after they come, they're like done. They want to fall asleep. Yeah. I do have a lot of traits that are more similar to men. When do you it think comes you're are you having like f- big full orgasms? Do they really? Um, they vary. I mean, women have a ton of different sure. orgasms. Okay, I, so it depends. Yeah, so like you can have like know. a small one, a big one. It all like varies. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're not that great. What gives you like your biggest orgasms that you've had? Like just like that, I actually have no idea. I can't tell. I don't know. Was it specific partners or moments or? No. No. And actually being with new partners also made me realize that mm. I didn't have intimacy with my other partners. Like kind of like, oh, I can have intimacy with this new person I've only known for a month. Uh-huh. That means I didn't have intimacy with someone that I thought I had intimacy with for five years. Because it's like a feel. But I'll overanalyze it now. Now I believe it's more about just enjoying for the moment sure. versus just sitting there in thoughts like and thinking about it. Oh, you want to be as present in the moment as possible when you're having sex. You mentioned BDSM. Mm-hmm. And there's so many levels to that. Do you mind telling us about your first BDSM experience? Someone that I knew asked me if I had experienced being pretty aggressive with a female. And I said, no, my, my, and genuinely my mom yeah. had taught me, like, you never hit a girl, you don't do that kind of stuff. And so I just felt like I, I just wasn't ever going to go there. And, and she- Oh, BDSM is hitting people? It can be. It depends on the person. Oh, for her, what I found out from her was that she wanted to play very extremely. So that would include like getting choked, getting slapped across the face hard, though, not just like playfully, but hard and and feeling almost like you're in like you have no control. She wanted to feel like she had no control. Yeah, she wanted she wanted that feeling. And that's what got her off, apparently. So that's what she told me. And I hadn't done anything like that. So I I explored that with her and I really let myself go. And I don't necessarily do that very often. But if someone wants that, it's fun to adventure into those places of like extre- extreme. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So that's one of the levels of DSM where it's hitting. Can be. I guess I, wow, I completely missed that. I thought BDSM was just the tying up and uh it can be restrained it can be all that but the the main thing is that the person i mean as i understand it because i'm not i'm honestly that's not my i'm not like into like deep into those kinds of fetishes it's like wanting to be out of control to have no control and in that moment you're finally free and and some for some females and males too that's when they find orgasm that's when they find their deepest connection sexually also sometimes there's no sex involved but when Mm -hmm. you when you kind of have you know someone tied up you know they're gagged they're getting whatever hit choke they're out of control and they're getting fucked and they're coming in all of that Mm -hmm. sometimes for for the people who really get off on that i don't know that brings them where they want to be so yeah, I can, I don't understand the whole gagging thing because it's like, I just... You, you want to be able to breathe? Not, well, A, I would break my veneers and I pay a lot of money for those. <laughs> exactly. So like, that would freak me out. B, I would just be drooling the whole time. So it's like, how would I be enjoying having sex where I'm just thinking about the fact that I'm just drooling like the whole time? Right, yeah. I mean, part of that world is is getting pushed to the point where you're not thinking about anything. 
you're in fear and you're in pleasure and you're in pain and you're in all these things. So, so you're not thinking about drool dripping down your face. Well, that's because the reason people can enjoy sometimes, let's say if they're having sex and they're not into BDSM, but they're into somebody slapping yeah. their bum yeah. and like it feels good yeah. is because the endorphins that our bodies release during sex, the same endorphins that our bodies release during fear and pain. Mm. And that's why your brain can get mixed up between the two, which is why a lot of times people are fucking and they're like, choke me. Okay, choke me harder. Right. Is because because your your brain gets confused because of the endorphins being so similar and then you start to enjoy the pain sure that can That's make sense it no it's actual scientific uh, yeah, research no, I, I mean it does it makes perfect sense yeah also i think that people can genuinely just be so in their head during sex they're mm -hmm. thinking about how does my body look in this position or like am i women do this more than men i think but like you know they're so in their head uh, is my this smeared am i look and and if you're in that place and also in that in your head about like wanting to oh god i want to come so bad i've never come i really want to come like all of that sh stuff for a girl, it destroys good sex. Yeah. Like you wanna be fucking feeling really good. And so and then how do you go that? from regular sex to then elevating sex to a type of a mind blowing spiritual experience? I, I think I think that what we just said. I think the two people like really like get naked, sit on a bed together, fucking look into each other's eyes, get comfortable with each other's bodies, like be cool with each other, feel good, talk a little bit, find out like who this person is, you know, have like some little bit of heart connection. I mean, this can all be done in like, if, if you just want to fuck someone, mm -hmm. like connect with them for fucking 10 minutes. Just like, like give it a little second. To, to like treat the person like a human being and not just like a hole you're going to fuck. I mean, that goes out to like most of the guys out there, 20 year, you know, <laughs> like, like actually try yeah. to care and maybe you will for real. And if you do, then that interplay starts to feel different and it feels heightened and more. And then you can really build stuff and build these orgasms and build these feelings. So it does take some connection. It does take a moment to break down all of the bullshit walls of, of like who we are, you know, and actually be vulnerable and look at each other, you know, know what you're about to fuck. You know, a lot of people, they just like, they just unzip their pants or something. Like they don't even, there's no connection. None. Yeah. And that sex can be hot and it can feel good and you can come. I'm not saying don't do that. I like that sometimes too, but like, it's not as good it's not as fully like fucking amazing as really connecting with your partner. And that, and, and I just want people to understand that. I guess I've never had that type of sex where someone just unzips their pants and then they go, it's like, yeah, it's usually like <laughs> everyone's naked first. Uh-huh. And then you go there. Yeah, I've had that sex. And that's good that you haven't. <laughs> See, I think that you actually care enough about, you must have some self-respect. Okay, yes, but I would say the people who have casual sex, it's not that they don't have self-respect. It's more having self-awareness. If I have okay. casual sex, especially as a woman, because women have release chemicals in our bodies, in our brains that will right. make us accidentally attached to the person. And that attachment doesn't leave our bodies until our next period. This is scientific. Uh -huh. That is why a lot of times women will confuse sex with love. When a woman and a man meet, the man's mind, he's so horny, his mind is not clear. And that's when that moment he'll say yes to anything the woman asks. The minute he has sex, he ejaculates, his brain is now clear and he's able to think clearly like, 
can mm. I actually see myself with this person? Wait, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. And that's how a man is able to then completely not feel anything afterwards. Right. For a woman, her mind is clear before the sex. Then she has sex, and then her mind is now blurry with love thoughts. Okay. And she suddenly looks at him. And she goes, "You know what? Before I didn't think we could be together, but look at him—the way he's just like laying next to me. Like I want him to be my parents." And that's the difference between a man and a woman when it comes to sex scientifically. That's great because that's it right there. Yeah. Like like clarity. Yeah. There is a thing with self-respect because when you begin to respect yourself, your body, you value that. This is, you know, this is like a very important special thing. You do begin to make better decisions, I think. And yes, sometimes you decide, yeah, I just want to get fucked right now. That's great. But if that's like your MO and it's where you're at all the time and then you're like, why do I feel so empty all the time? Like, what am I missing here? You know? Well, I'll tell you also why. Because if people are into spiritual things and things like that, Mm -hmm. one thing that they don't realize is it it is important, especially for women, it is important who you have sex with because when a man enters you, not only does he ejaculate, but he also puts all of his energy inside of you. So if you're constantly having sex with a lot of partners, all of their energy is staying inside of you. And that's where you can feel empty and all that because you're taking on so much different energy that you don't even know which one's your own. Mm -hmm. But that's like for people who do shrooms. Right, that's like an esoteric <laughs> way of thinking about things. Yeah, that's yeah. completely different. But like, it is important. Like, for example, I was sleeping with a guy that was always so negative, And then I became more negative. And it's because like, I was taking on his energy constantly. I was a vessel for his negativity. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I mean, that just makes sense though, doesn't it? To me. I think to anybody. I think if you're with someone who's like negative a lot and is giving off that energy all the time, how could it not affect you? Yeah. You know, even if his dick doesn't go into you, but if it Mm. does, it it might affect you even more. Yeah. yeah. The same thing if the people you surround yourself. So back to the self-respect, I think it has to do with self-awareness. So you respect yourself by being aware with how you feel. Because now a lot of men get attached through sex and a lot of men don't. A lot of women get attached through sex. A lot of women don't. For a lot of women, they don't view sex and their bodies in the same light. Mm -hmm. So then they're self-aware, they're not going to get attached. I still respect myself by being self-aware that I know I'm going to accidentally fall in love with the wrong person just because he was inside of me. I don't want to put myself through that and then cry over a guy for two months over five minutes of sex. So I avoid that by not having sex with that guy. The awareness is better. Yes. Yeah. You know, terms like self-respect can be kind of like... Yeah, it's not fair for me to say that because what do I know? I don't know anything. But I do know that that you're right. That as we each have our own awareness and that awareness becomes more, we're aware of more things. Yeah. We're aware of what makes us feel good and bad. We're aware of what works and doesn't work. Yeah. And and, and as those things like really start to make you feel like bad, you should probably like... Exactly. And I think yeah. over the years, you're always in different stages in your life and what you're ready for. If mm-hmm. someone's in the stage right now where they want to have fun, because it is kind of not fair. Like even when using words like self-respect, it's it's a little like 
icky when you hear it for a woman because it's kind of like oh cool so a man because you said i've slept with over exactly. hundreds hundreds of women yeah. so it's like oh cool so you still self-respect to yourself but like but then if a woman slept with a bunch of men that she's not respecting her body like uh, you know it's kind of absurd yeah it is absurd and, and that would make me want to go fuck everyone well, and let me and let that. me just say that like during that time period of my life i don't think i was in awareness or respecting myself. Like yeah. I was a slut, you know? And and there's nothing wrong with being a slut, you know? Yeah. But I was, I was just like, let's just fucking do this. And I think that the good thing about my experience is that I can talk about sexuality with a little bit of awareness and not authority, but just awareness because I've done it all. And I've been like, I had all those fantasies that I think a lot of guys have. Yeah. Like, like I really did. And for me to say that like, I'm into this kind of sexuality, like really having kind of more of a deep bond and a sensuality mm -hmm. and a sexuality with someone like that's better than just banging a bunch of girls, like having well, threesomes and foursomes. Well, that's your experience. I think here's another thing, which is, frustrating in itself yeah. and but something we all have to get adjust to is that and i talked about it on last week on my solo episode and it has to do with whoever didn't listen to the last week's episode they'll just have this little bit is that philosophers say that us human beings are actually the worst narrators when it comes to our own life stories mm. and the reason for that is because I will narrate my own reality based on how I feel about myself in this moment right now. And how I feel about other people and how I think they're treating me will be, and whoever I'm attracting will be based on my childhood trauma and past experiences and things like that that I haven't healed from. Mm -hmm. So the reason we can be our worst, the worst narrator for our own life stories is because you can create a reality that's actually completely incorrect. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is really correct, but what you're missing is this, the sex is better. I agree. So, so it's, it's it's not just about me being like a better person morally, yeah. or me condemning people that have a lot of sex. I, I think it's you know have as much sex as you want. And that's fucking fantastic. I mean, like with with multiple partners. Yeah. I think it is all good. But I have done like quite a bit of talking to people and understanding people and understanding people's sexuality. And I think there is a truth in having a deep sense of love for the person you're I fucking. I agree. I think and, when you have a better so, connection with someone, the yeah. sex is better. And, and, like, I, and I don't think that anyone that, that would go to like a sex party and just fuck around a person, while that is fun and it can be exciting, it's not the same thing. And I don't think anyone could deny that. And if yeah. they are denying it, I don't, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> no, I, that I 100% yeah. agree. I think it was more the self-respect word because I knew it came from your own life experiences and you were specifically talking about yourself. And when you had your sex club, what would you say the application process was? Because I read that it was very rigorous. So we'd have an application, you know, you'd have to fill in um, kind of facts about yourself, where you work, what you're into, what your fantasies are. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'd we'd look you up most of the time. I mean, a lot of the times when when applications were coming in, you know, you'd recognize the person. You'd be surprised that the person was filling out an application, in fact. Like, really? Is this person, is this actually who they say they are? And then you'd look it up and... Because it was a lot of celebrities and one percenters. You know, I mean, like, I had a, like, a literal billionaire, like, sending an application online. Like, mm -hmm. are, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like you, you, you own publicly traded companies. Like that's a huge risk, but like, okay, <laughs> maybe that's part of the thrill, you know? Yeah. Some people would use their assistants. Some people, you know, 
I would love to. I guess I could say, ah, maybe not. Yeah. But like the guy who built built the app that like you get where you're supposed to be getting to. Like the guy, oh. the guy who built the and owned and he owned the company and the guy who owned the company where like you're you're trying to date somebody and like you're swipe, you know, that guy. The people that were coming to this thing, I mean, musicians that were in the Hall of Fame, like, you know, like actors that, I mean, yeah, Gwyneth and, and her husband came in because he was doing research. Actually, Jen, Brad Fulchek wrote American Horror Story, Glee, Scream Queens, wrote and directed all, you know, all that stuff with his partner. So he was going to do a fictionalized version of, of my life and turn it into one of these shows. So he would come to come with Gwyneth and they were literally just wanting to, to meet, you know, know me and then know what was going on at these parties. They were doing research. They weren't swinging at the parties. What was happening in these parties? Like you, you would walk in and we were just, doing, people we were, were fucking. We were doing theater. So like, okay. you know, people would be fucking, but like in wild costumes and different yeah. kinds of shows and, and stuff that felt very like secret society and like you're a part of this thing. You know, men are in tuxedos and, 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 and women are in laundry and pe lots of people are masked and it's just this trip of a fucking experience and you don't know who's next to you because it might be the guy who owns the fucking movie studio that you, yeah. all the movies you are or the guy who makes the cars that you drive. Like literally, you know, where it yeah. might be. And so you're like in this room with these people who you're, you want to know, you know, and they all want to know each other. So everyone's wearing masks. But most, uh, most everyone, but then they come off because at some point you're like, oh, wait, he can't say anything. She can't say anything. Yeah. They're not going to tell on me. They're going to say they were here. Yeah. They can't say they were here. I'm not politicians, son. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> the highest level. Yeah. The highest level. And, and they were all in this room. And, and so, yeah, so the performances and all that. And then pe guests, people would start fucking each other. In front of other people. Yeah, they'd go into bedrooms. Um, they'd do it in, in living rooms. They, it would be like exhibitionism. Like they wanted to do with others. And I watched, I mean, I watched husbands and wives that are famous as fuck have like threesomes with not just girls, but with men, like, like some men really like enjoy watching their wife get fucked. Yeah, what is the word for that? It, well, there's a word cuckold, but it's not that. Yeah. It's not oh. that necessarily. Mm. It's not, they don't want to be like degraded Got and watch it. it. They actually enjoy watching their partner get pleasure. I so think people in Hollywood, they do have, it's like a little sex cult because I wrote like some show and uh, one of the production companies that picked it up there were two people on there. The owners of the production company like were working together. Uh -huh. And I went out with a guy and his wife. And I'm really bad at cues, social cues, or understanding uh -huh. the situation that I'm in. And literally, as we're at the strip club, and I'm sitting between the, the, the guy and his partner, is when I realized in my brain, oh my God, they're trying to have a threesome with me. Oh, wow, yeah. Because I was like, oh, we're bonding right. so we can work together. Right. And I was like, oh, this is that's what's happening. I was like, well, guys, I'm going to head out. <laughs> yeah, that can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're not like signed up for it, you know, yeah. if you're not really into it. But yeah, there's 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 yeah. so much of it. No, I wasn't into having a threesome with people that were going to be working with no, me my bosses. No, not at all, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's not just in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. When you travel outside, it's amazing how much people are into sex and how much they like it. And yeah. if you give them an environment to just like feel like it's okay, they're free to fuck each other. Yeah. And no one's going to, there's no shame, there's no guilt. It's amazing. So you had happens. your sex clubs like uh, in London and in, in L.A., in Russia and other places. Yeah. Where would you say the wildest parties were happening? Moscow. 
fucking A. I knew I knew it was gonna be Russia. I just knew I it. mean, I've never seen anything like that. And the budgets, because the guy was an oligarch and he had an endless supply of money, it was like walking into the dream of sanctum in Moscow. You know, mansions in the city in Moscow. Yeah. Like old mansions I didn't even know existed and just these beautiful, beautiful parties. It was incredible. So then what was so there was the wildest type of sex parties? Yeah. So what was so wild about those parties? I don't know. They were just pent up and and just excited to be free. Everyone, what does that mean everyone, to be free? Everyone's fucking. Is it like a full orgy of a ton of people? Like a full orgy. What's like a hundred people <laughs> in a mansion? Like yeah, like they're all. Everyone is is fucking or sucking or getting fucked or mm -hmm. licking pussy. I mean, yeah. Everyone for the most part. Maybe there's a couple people, but at that point, those people are gone. Are people getting tested before? People use condoms and people are a lot of, no, I mean, they do. Oh, okay. And people are a lot of times with their partners. I mean, people explored pretty freely. They did. I mean, they did. And some people dodged bullets and probably some people didn't, you know. But there's also like a community of people. Like for me, it was, I mean, this is maybe going to sound weird, but but adult actresses, you know, porn stars get tested every week and they'd come to a lot of the parties and stuff. So a lot of my sexuality was kind of like, kept in that group because we were all being tested you know Got i wasn't it. a porn star you, you would hire the porn stars to kind of help help the get the party started for people to feel comfortable well the porn stars were kind of like we called them like indulgers so they would just walk around the room and like yeah encourage couples to play and just be like, like the super fluffers. sexy yeah i mean they wouldn't like start sucking your dick yeah <laughs> but, but they would they would like you know be just be super sexual and let you know like this is okay we did have porn stars that were fucking each other so you mm -hmm. would watch that I think their way of like getting people to feel like it was cool was was to fuck each well, other. Well, I do think that's important because I think when you when you go to parties like that, it's like kind of like okay, is this actually going to happen? Blah blah. But then yeah. when you see other people doing it, you're like, okay, everyone's doing it. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's like the first time I tried meth. We talked about that. Oh yeah, we it's like, did. Like, oh, everyone's doing that. Okay. <laughs> Have you talked about that on your podcast? Um, I don't remember if that episode like stayed or not, but I mean, can you just drop I would that say out into the universe that I tried math and then just could go on to the next subject. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> started, like, okay, that was cool. <laughs> and yeah, it's just once. That's I just tried you. math the first time I came to America on accident just because I wanted to have American friends and that was the first thing that was offered to me before I ever kissed anyone first, before I ever like really drank. I've never tried weed yet. And meth was the first thing. And I, I told you how I didn't even know it was meth until I went home and I was like tweaked out and I was just like, wait, what was the thing called again? They're like meth. I was like, cool. And I went home, I sat down and I Googled on my computer, what is meth after doing meth? And I was like, oh my God, so this is meth. Okay, never doing that was it, again. Wait, was, it, was it scary when you read it or were you okay? Were you like... Uh, the way my brain processed everything in a more logical way, so it was more because I was thinking of wanting to do it again. Okay, so, so then, the so then when I googled it, yeah. I was like, "Oh, cocaine is physically addicting. Meth is mentally addicting." I'm like, "Okay, so it's in my head that I want to do this again. So I don't actually want to do this again. I don't have to do it again because I don't want to look like these people. Wow. What they look like when they do it. Okay, I'll never do it again." So it was like my brain just processing. Oh, it's in my head. Never mind. That's a special brain, I think. Right? It is. Yeah, that would do that. That's cool. Yeah. So then in your club, the application part was yeah. very rigorous. Yeah. Did you ever reject like really big celebrities and things like that? Mm -hmm. What exactly made you want to say yes to someone, made you want to say no to someone? I don't know. At some point, it just became like a gut feeling for me and the people working around me. We just knew who we wanted in and we could tell. I mean, sometimes also someone would come in that had like 
the right uh the right application was the right person but then they would like get drunk and and be gross. oh right i forget that that is important yeah so we had one rule at the club always ask before you touch yeah that was it so you just had to ask before you touched anyone so if, if you got too intoxicated to do that or you were just not a good person and you were like just started touching someone we just took away your membership and kicked you out we might give you like one chance if it was clearly something where the person was like it's okay he just like did it but it you know i don't it wasn't cool he didn't ask but you don't need to kick him out yeah but generally I mean, we really listened to the women because without yeah. them, we, I had no business. Without them, it would be like uh, right be? now with crypto, the guys uh, from uh, Bored Ape decided to create a dating app and they thought it was going to kill. And then the dating app was just all men and that they had to cancel the dating app because they said, unfortunately, there were no women joining. It. It's like, what did you think? That is so interesting to hear, isn't it? That is so... I mean, it was kind of obvious, I guess yeah, they were yeah. the only ones. But if you ever went to any of the crypto meetings in the past, it's uh, no, kind of No, I, I know what it is. I, I, you know, I'm working on, and this is a strange segue, but I'm working on NFT right now. And, mm-hmm. and, and the utility is like different kinds of events and private parties and obviously parties that become quite sexual. But I'm going to really teach people some cool stuff in that. But, but that's what I'm doing within the NFT world. And it's so interesting because I see other people kind of interviewed about it and what it is to them. And it just feels very like devoid of anything other than just trying to make money, you know? Yeah. And like show off your wealth or whatever. What are some of the craziest sex stories that have happened in your your sex club? This is cancel culture, what I'm about to say right now. Okay. I'm about to get canceled for this. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna say it though because I'm I stand by it. So in, for the first me in the first like year, year and a half, someone suggested to me that I do a slave auction. Just that word is pretty intense. So the idea, yeah. the idea of that would be that yeah. that there are these there are people who are coming to my club that were really into that fetish. They wanted to be like someone's slave. Like they genuinely wanted yeah. that. They wanted to be controlled and that. And I knew that there would be other people, men and women, that would bid on them that wanted to have a slave for the night, right? Yeah. So they would. So we would do these auctions and then we would donate all the money to this thing called Polaris, which was ending human trafficking and slavery. Oh. So I would take the money from the slave auction, which, <laughs> which was freaking the people the fuck out. And I would, we'd do, you know, $20,000 on a night sometimes just in the auction. So one of them getting to the thing is this lawyer, this very wealthy lawyer had this gorgeous wife and she wanted to be a slave. And when, and, and so she said, I want to be auctioned. Will you auction me? And so we did. And she was just like, she got bid up, like right. bid up to the highest amount we've ever seen at the club. And some very wealthy guy, it was like 50,000 or something that got donated from this one person. So he bid on her and then for the night, or for the, really we would do it for like an hour, hour and a half. She was like, you know, his, his, uh, his slave on a leash and all that. And the husband was there and he was totally enjoying it. So there were things like that. The things that we did, I think, were just things that other people would think were kind of like crazy or something like that, yeah. you know, like. No, but that is a fetish. I, f- I feel like, I, I forget if I saw it in TLC or somewhere else where the girl really liked what being like a dog like she was a slave yeah or a dog i forget which one it was but the guy but then i was like and there were men that like it too yeah and he's just yeah. walking her and she's walking like a yeah. dog on yeah and you can fours. pet them you know and like <laughs> and like you know they tell them to sit and they you do and you know get maybe some milk and put it and they can like lick milk out of the bowl yeah. i mean you can go all the way with it we should yeah. actually do that unfortunately <laughs> 
We're not doing that. If we had a rope, because we were talking, yeah, your sister where, was going to do I do want to do the rope. I don't we know could where, do what's rope, her face And then is. we could do some, like, we could do some, some slave animal play if you want. Yeah, I mean, you are going <laughs> to rope tie me so to show, but... um. So obviously you can't really name what celebrities have been to these parties, but can you give any guesses of some people who walked into your sex club and you were like, whoa, I would never guess you would be here. Can you give some like guesses aside from the person who created the dating app and the person that created the getting to places app? There've been so many, you know, like how do I do that? I, I guess I can say that we've had, you know, musicians from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, like people that I really looked up to, people that I saw in concert that I never thought I'd get a chance to meet, you know, and mm -hmm. then like being next to them and like, you know, maybe getting half naked with them and maybe even like having sex next to them. Like, you know, yeah. like, like that, that kind of stuff was such a trip to me. It made me kind of realize that, um, I don't know, when you get to that base level of humanity, like nakedness and sexuality, we're all so the same, you know, like, like, like the Rolls, yeah, right. And not well, actually sometimes not, but like the Rolls Royce is parked outside and like the business is, is whatever it is. And like your thing is who you are, but then you're like naked yeah. in a room with other naked people. And you're like, we're all the same. And we're all like, the 1% because really, you have to pay a lot of money to be in Well, here. but you're really, you're really <laughs> human at that point. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean no, to No, no, no. What you're saying is right. And I agree with you. A lot of it was absolute just like bullshit. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of it was money and a lot of it was sex and a lot of it was stupid. And I did walk away from it at some point. But there was also a lot of stuff that was like, we're all in this together. And I think that only happens when you are like really vulnerable and being naked. No, you're but vulnerable. there is something really cool about that because we were talking about it. And I said when I was growing up, I my friends have been invited to the to the sex parties and stuff like uh -huh. that. I just personally never went because... I didn't know that I didn't have to participate. Right. A lot of people say that to me. Yeah. Like, oh, so I thought I would have to participate. That's why I was kind of like, okay, maybe not for me. But a right. lot of my friends were invited to these right. parties and attended. Mm -hmm. And I think the coolest part about it is the fact there is something about the fact that because it's kind of like, well, if you want to have orgies, just go on Craigslist and like, you know, be like, hey, I'm here for the gangbang right. from Craigslist. I guess you can. Yeah. But like there's something so different when it comes to like, you know, everyone's in suits. It's so yeah. classy. And then the mask, like I feel like the mask just give it like that touch. I mean, you even see it in movies. Yeah. The minute with masks, because it's kind of like everyone's here for one thing, but it's so mysterious. And I don't know. It's like you're almost like. I, drunk off of it without actually being on alcohol or drugs for sure and i gotta say something that i don't know that people realize which is that the women at these events the ones who come as guests right like not my performers not they're not they're just women who come as guests they're so fucking aggressive they want to fuck and to be pleasured and yeah. to like like they are not the guys are way more standoffish and I don't know that people realize that. I think they think of these sex clubs as being like very male dominated or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they can't be that. Yeah. If it's just like rich men and inviting like 20 something girls and paying them all $5,000 each. That's not really a sex club. Yeah. That, that's like, that's, that's something different. But well, it's like, kind of like the Playboy parties. Like when I went there, it would be like so many men because the men at the Playboy parties would pay so much money to get the tables of the Playboy parties. Right. And then there would be like way less women right. there. But like right. your sex clubs were different because so, there were like a lot of so the, women. So women would apply to come and they wanted to be there. And it, it makes a lot of difference. And so when you're at these parties especially once they got good in the beginning you know maybe there was more kind of like about money and so but when it started to get really good and the women started to come you know and they really wanted to be there 
it was amazing to see how they were. Well, I think the masks also make it easier where you feel suddenly, okay, no one's judging me. And then you can really be your true self. I think the masks kind of help that because especially also can, yeah. when you are in the public eye in any type of way, it's kind of sometimes scary to, to be like, is this person going to out me if right. I explain what I'm into or if I have an open, even if I have an open marriage or relationship with my partner, I don't want other people to know that. Mm -hmm. So then when you go to these clubs, it's like, okay, we all signed an NDA right. and we're wearing masks. So I can just, you know, pull my dick out and no one's gonna arrest me, I think. <laughs> Cause it's a sex club. That's like the whole thing. No, it's no, just, you can take yeah. your dick out. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can have sex. You can do whatever you want. You yeah. know, we're in, we're in like private homes generally. As long as it's not transactional, sexuality is completely legal, believe it or not. Like so, for multiple people, everyone can just yeah, fuck obviously. each other if they want. Yeah. What's the biggest orgy you've ever personally been in? Like how many people? Like me personally? Yeah, or do you, have, do you not do orgies? It's strange that I do what I do and I'm not really that into being like watched or I don't want, you know. Also, I think it was my club, so I felt like it was something that I shouldn't partake in you know because yeah. but um i mean i would do my own things with with you know girls but it doesn't i mean who cares how many people i was with at once or whatever it's like it's like so what i mean yeah well, I, no I, <laughs> I no i mean like yeah, yeah okay yeah no i got to do i got to do that kind of stuff but so what i, I don't know i've been with three girls at once and had sex with all oh, of okay, them got it. Mean, yeah. well because you were saying in russia and the sex level was like a hundred people having an orgy oh yeah yeah i mean Honestly, for for that, yeah, I don't know if I should. Well, I mean, I guess I'm saying everything else anyway. But on that one, the the oligarch, we drove in his Mercedes, and he had this MDMA, and he gave it to me like mm -hmm. Molly. Yeah. And he said, "Just take a sip of this." And I didn't. I mean, I was kind of like, okay. And I did. And and at that specific party, I was so high. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to do is fuck. I just wanted yeah. to watch, and I was just like, it was incredible to watch. Actually, on Molly, it was such a pleasure to watch. But um. You know, you know, like you said, I um, because I've been around it for so long and, and there was so much around me, I actually probably had to be more careful than other people. Yeah. You know, like I am one of the people that kind of made it out without, you know, having any kind of fucked up thing, you know, whatever, because there's things you can get or whatever. Yeah. And so I think I think I was aware and cautious and careful. But but I also, yeah, I think I did most of my stuff more privately, honestly. Yeah. So now that you sold your sex club, do you to the circle yeah and i think they opened they reopened the club um a year later yeah we're gonna follow up i'm gonna bring her to a sex party i swear i will and huh. then she'll tell you about it at some point but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get her to go but as long as i'm aware now that i actually don't have to participate i no. feel so much more comfortable no, you can totally watch and yeah. you might you know something strange might happen no maybe not <laughs> i just no but but like, it, but if but if you do participate, I'm going to be talking about it on my podcast. Oh, well. <laughs> so what are you currently working on? I mean, I'm I'm doing a, a fun like nightlife project, which is um, it's all called Secret Garden. So this is like the world of Secret Garden. So the nightlife thing is at uh, Bar Lease on Friday nights, and it's mm -hmm. just a fun party. I do an after party in the presidential suite below the club, and that gets sexy, you know. So I do that, and and I'm really just doing that. And then I'm working on this um, this rather dense NFT project. It's mm -hmm. so much that goes into these things, you know, and the functionality of what 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 it does and and how it does it, and you know, it's really cool the way we're we're designing everything. Yeah. And there'll be keys to unlock NFT that 
Yeah. No, that part is really cool. People don't fully understand NFTs, but NFTs, like it's basically an exclusive thing where you get to, you don't just own the NFT, you'll get to own everything behind it, which can be going to exclusive parties and things like that because you have a special key to to enter exactly and and so technolo- really cool. the technology of it is really fun especially yeah. for me because i i am a very creative person and so i get to work with these guys and kind of say whatever i want and they're like yeah we can do that so that's yeah. been really fun we're close on that and then the podcast that i'm going to be doing for iheart where i'm going to talk about you know more in depth about sanctum and such and then it's going to turn into an interview show kind of like this i want to talk to people about sex and sexuality i've learned a lot in this and thank you for being you've been really a great interviewer and oh, yeah really? no, you have thank you you know i'm very opinionated and and you've shown me that like i don't know everything you know i i know what i know and what you said was really fucking cool i appreciated what you said which part i don't know you just said okay. some stuff that really yeah. resonated with me it was I like I have my own experience. You said it in the last podcast. Oh, you learned some stuff. Yeah. yeah. That for me was I really, really interesting that. too. I really like that. Yeah. Well, people don't realize that because that's why like now, even if someone, you post something on your social media and someone's like, well, I'm offended. And it's right. like, yeah, that's your experience. Right. I may have a completely different experience from this. Right. So your experience has nothing to do with me. I don't care if you're offended. I'm talking about It's so true. So it's kind of like it's so deeply true. But people now forget that and they yeah. think that like you should care because this is how I'm feeling. But it's literally because in their world their reality is completely different or right now we can have that's why another like I'm really into what philosophy philosophers stuff like that mm-hmm. but that's what they say there's there's no such thing as the truth. There's my truth and there's mm-hmm. your truth. And that has to do with our perception of reality. Like of course there's a truth in the middle. Right. So obviously if we both have really extreme truths like we have to really figure out why that is. But like, even right now, we can have completely different realities. Like I can leave this interview being like, he was so hostile towards me and like aggressive and opi- overly opinionated. Right. And he was shutting me down for being a woman. Right. And he was disrespectful versus you can leave this interview and you're like, I feel like we really opened up to each other <laughs> with so much intimacy, really connected. Right. And so when I finally read all those things, and that's when I realized that I can never fully disregard someone else's truth, because if someone feels attacked by me or someone's hurt by me, I can disagree because I don't believe I did that, but I will still hear them out because that could genuinely be their reality. Right. And I think when you start to realize those things, you can also have less fights even with your partners. For sure. Because you're kind of like, oh, this is actually your reality. And it's always based on past trauma or things that they haven't healed yet and also i think that we grow from hearing other people's opinions and their sides of stories and and what they believe you know you learn a lot from people you don't have to believe it necessarily so where can people find you um so i am father damon on instagram and i think if you go to father damon then you can go to like uh the secret garden stuff from there there's links and a website and all of that so what is the website enter sg.com enter sg.com enter sg.com is the website father damon is my instagram we have an instagram for um for the parties it's yeah. en- enter sg1 and then um when can people expect your podcast to be out that's gonna happen we're, we're probably gonna start in it pretty soon but they want to release it when it gets a little cooler so i think september is probably you know september october when people start to like want to stop partying and chill okay and so listen. expect that yeah. then yeah oh. and uh and definitely you know doing doing parties all summer you know the nightclub stuff and then and then some fun stuff so if you're into stuff you know 
you can, yeah. you can look that stuff up yeah okay sounds good so you guys yeah. make sure to follow him check him out dm him if you have any questions and you know check out his uh the site for the parties and wait for his um podcast and now when we're wrapping up the audio part of this podcast he's going to tie me up professionally professionally yeah okay i'm excited to see how that works